Well, we put a bow on the college football season this week. Georgia beating Alabama in the national championship. Of course, uh, for the Big 12, the season ended with the Texas Bowl last week. K-State taking care of LSU in that one. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. Let's welcome on and say hello to Pete Futak, college football news. He's finally getting a breather. Pete, uh, what is the storyline when you look back on the 2021 college football season? What is the storyline going to be coming out of this year? Uh, expansion. Overall, this is the year that the world blew up, uh, where, especially obviously in your side of the world, where the Oklahoma-Texas move really kind of kicked in. That's going to be the, the big storyline overall, is that this was kind of the last year before everything is kind of pivots. Uh, it was also maybe the last year that had any semblance of uh, the last, you know, say, 20-ish years in terms of how this works, in terms of uh, the transfer portal and how that's going to start flying. Because before, uh, the, op- the idea of opting out of bowl games and you know, transferring was a massive deal. Now uh, it's going to become more normalized than ever and the name, image, and likeness stuff. So it's not really the on-field stuff. All right, Georgia won the national championship. Okay, that's another SEC championship. Fine. Uh, but it really is the periphery things that, that really going to change things. And the other part of this thing, too, is that after 2020, and just everything was ugly about the kind of forgetting, actually including everything, you know, the obvious uh, parts of the real world when it came to 2020, uh, it was just kind of eh, no, no fans in the stands and uh, all the creepiness of actually playing games during a global pandemic. And while that certainly hasn't stopped, uh, it has been a different feel to this season, which was actually, you know, turned out to be kind of fun. Yeah, no, that's a, uh, that's a very good point. So when you look at, I mean, I think the transfer portal is fascinating because it can be good or it can be bad, depending on which side of this thing you're on. Are we living through the wild west of all this, and eventually it's going to be reined in, or is this all here to stay? I think a little of both. Uh, I, I do think that it's going to have to tie in with the name, image, and likeness stuff, because where it's it's headed at the immediate moment is it really is going to be the transfer portal. Is it just going to be about where the best fit is as a as a Team. It's going to be about where you know who's got the best deals in place. Like you know, if you're the starting quarterback for this team, that you're going to make X amount of money. And you know, it's it's going to depend on which programs have the best infrastructure with name, image, and likeness. And it looks like you know at least early on, you got to assume that USC is going to be a monster with that because of LA. And look what Florida is about to do under Billy Napier. He is setting that thing up like a corporation. And he's like, we're going to get this massive staff of assistants. We're going to have one person who works just on the transfer portal, one person who works just on name, image, and likeness deals, and really sort of CEO this. And it's going to be a different way to look at this. Now, the the negative of uh, forgetting the fact that these kids are actually supposed to go to college and are like supposed to like go to a college to get an education and things like that, which gets lost in this. Uh, from a football standpoint, the negative is always that you're always recruiting your own players. Because if you're not out there recruiting everybody else's players, you're not doing your job. The positive is every once in a while you get a Kenneth Walker, you know, who, you know, was was very good for Wake Forest, but he certainly wasn't Heisman caliber. And look what he could do uh, at a place like Michigan State uh, or an Isaiah Bowser, who was 
very good for Northwestern with the UCF, and when he was healthy, he was a difference maker. So uh, it's, it's, it's a good thing overall for the sport. It creates a lot more interest, uh, but I do think it's going to be reined in because someone's going to figure out something uh, that's going to screw up everybody else. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that's very true. Very, very true. So when you look at uh, where the Big 12 is at here, Pete, and you say to yourself, all right, OU and Texas leaving, obviously a huge uh, shift in the college football landscape. You look at who's coming in and how that bowl season, I know we don't put everything in the bowl season, but you think about you know solid seasons, very good seasons for Cincinnati, for Houston, for BYU, for UCF. Uh, what do you think their brands are going to look like here over the coming years as they make this transition to the Big 12? It's a big deal for these schools. I mean, look at, you know, look, for example, Utah. You know, for years it was in the WAC, the Mountain West, and, you know, it's this big, giant state school. And now it finally broke through and, you know, got to the Pac-12, which kind of felt like, okay, we kind of arrived at a, at a whole other level. And uh, now it's, you know, able to go to play for the Rose Bowl. I mean, that's just a massive thing for a program like that. Uh, look at what TCU was able to do when it made its move uh, from the world. The same thing, the WAC, the Mountain West, even I think they were in Conference USA for a stretch there. Uh, and look, they get to the Big 12, and all of a sudden they become a uh, just like a regular old Power 5 team now. It is a big boost uh, for a school and for uh, a football program, obviously. Look, my kid's probably going to end up going to San Diego State. Uh, personally, I kind of want them to join the Pac-12 already because just because more prestige to that. Like there is something to be said, mm-hmm. even if it's kind, even if the Big 12 doesn't have the luster without a Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, there's something to be said for having that level of a university that really just kind of energizes everything about it. So that's a big deal. And then going back to your storyline, look, I was never one that thought that the Big 12 was dead. Uh, after Texas and Oklahoma left and it looked like the vultures were circling and it seemed like at any moment, uh, you know, I, I still don't know how Kansas, for example, isn't, hasn't been snapped up by uh, the big 12, a uh, big 10 or PAC 12, just because of you know, the certain levels of research institution that it is and the basketball side of things. Uh, but look, they're still alive. You know, you're still, it's still a viable conference. And now the next phase that we're going to get into is, you know, the college football playoff side of things where, do you can these places agree to just the, the simplest way of having ex, expanded college football playoff where if you win your conference you get in that that seems like it should be a basic look Baylor would have probably you know would have gotten rocked by you know any of the you know, the major SEC teams of this but look they should have been in you know you, you win your power five conference championship you should be able to play for the national championship so I do think that mechanism is a big part of this for the Big 12, where uh, they want to be a part of this. And you've got the SEC and Big 10 kind of saying, yeah, you know what, Big 12, yeah, but we don't really want to cut you in and make you equal partners with us. And I think just the money distribution is going to be a part of this. So going forward, it's the business side of things. But look, the Big 12 is still alive and kicking. And to answer your question, of course, it's a, it's a very big deal to get these schools. These are big, you know, these are big schools with giant – uh, uh, alumni bases, giant student body enrollment. Uh, so all of a sudden, you've got a lot of uh, new energy coming into the Big 12. Who's got the highest upside of the four new teams, do you think? I always kind of think that, I, I, for the life of me, I don't know why the Big 12 didn't go grab UCF and South Florida, for example, earlier. Because uh, you, you get a footprint into Florida, 
get that I-4 corridor, get the Orlando market, get the Tampa market. Uh, but getting UCF is, is probably the one because it is that school that's in the middle of that state. You know, they've got, a, they've got an SEC coach in Gus Malzahn. You've got a program that's used to winning now, and you've got a fan base that's feeling it a little bit uh, now after you know, beating Florida and is kind of on the rise. So I kind of think that out of this whole group, that's the one that's got the biggest upside of the bunch. There you go. Pete Futak is joining us, College Football News. Uh, great to have him on the show. And then who who is poised to be? I mean, you kind of alluded to some of this, but not just based on on the field what they can do. Obviously, that will play the biggest role. But off the field, I know there's with OU and Texas gone, there's not that true blue blood that somebody would think of in college football. So who and why is fill-in-the-blank program, or maybe there's two of them, poised to be the anchor programs in that conference? I don't know if you got one. And for good or for bad, I mean, because, like, there is something to be said for the the national perception of, well, the Pac-12 is down, but as soon as USC is good again, it's going to feel like, oh, you know, the Pac-12 is good again. Uh, There's something to be said for, like, the Big Ten when Ohio State and Michigan aren't good. Uh, it doesn't mean that the conference isn't good. It just means you don't have your anchor tenant there. Is Oklahoma State that big of a school to, to really be a national force? Not really. Uh, you know, and all those, like the Iowa States of the world, it stinks that Kansas isn't a, uh, you know, a better power in uh, football. Certainly for basketball, there really isn't a problem with any of this. But for football, you just don't have that anchor tenant blue blood program uh, that really can, is going to stand out and be at that level of Texas, Oklahoma. And look, you know, I, I've kind of said this from the start. I get it from a business standpoint. I think Texas and Oklahoma were insane to leave uh, for a whole slew of reasons. Like this sounds fun in, in theory, and I know that they want to, that they think they can compete. But look, you could be really awesome in the SEC and be ten and two, and you don't win anything. Look at the Texas A&Ms of the world. Look at you know LSU which was the BL end all a couple of years ago. They were still good, and they fell off. Look at Florida. I mean, it's so hard in that conference to rise up among that pack. And I kind of think that Texas and Oklahoma, not the conference shame here, but I thought they were crazy not to look harder at, like, the Pac-12 because there was a conference that both of them could have rebranded and dominated. Texas, I always thought, has more been a Big Ten school than an SEC school. And, look, academically, the Big Ten would have fit or the Pac-12 would have fit better for both of them. Uh, I get it business-wise, but I think they're both crazy for leaving the Big 12. I I agree. And I, I, I just think, Pete, um, they are going to regret the move because, I mean, OU's not winning six straight SEC titles. It's just not happening. And, and um, you know, they – they had complete control of the league for better or for worse, and the league basically did what OU and Texas wanted, and Bob Bowlesby followed them, and they're not going to get that in the SEC. I mean, do you think we're ever going to learn what actually ever happened, who put the screws on whichever side it was to make this uh, make this happen? Do you think we're ever going to learn? It's a good 30 for 30. I, I hope we get it one day. Yeah, I, I always thought it was – I thought the underreported story of this is really – Oklahoma and Texas were in cahoots on. So, I mean, these yeah. two fan bases, I mean, you, you're going to, these two nut job fan bases get weird over a dumb hand sign. Like, and they're going <laughs> to, they're going to, you know, get together on moving conferences. And again, I, 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 
no one's really been able to get what really happened. Because, again, I think branding-wise, Texas and the Big Ten would have worked perfectly. Uh, just academically, Texas is right there with, like, you know, Michigan, Wisconsin, you know, some of those bigger schools in terms of just being a big, giant deal. And I thought for Oklahoma just to rebrand, you know, to kind of cosmopolitan up its, its brand a little bit, I thought the Pac-12 would have been perfect. And the other part of this thing, too, is there might be an overall plan here that the SEC is going to be its own entity and just be like, you know what, I, look, Big, T- Big Ten, you're nice and all, but really, what do you got? You got Ohio State, you got Michigan, you got Penn State, you got some of these, you know, bigger schools. But at the end of the day, if the SEC is just as a football brand, just that big and can be its own separate league, I think if you're Oklahoma and Texas, maybe you are thinking that, you know what, fine. So what So what if we don't win the SEC championship every year? As long as we finish, like, 10th in the country, we're going to be in the college football playoff once they do actually get their stuff together and expand this thing. Yeah. Now, you keep bringing up the Pac-12, and I know, you know, I, I get you got a little bias there, but the Big 12 is a better league than the Pac-12. So why wouldn't OU in Texas say, hey, Arizona, hey, Arizona State, hey, Colorado, come home? I mean, what's the Pac-12 got going for it outside of a USC legacy that's going on 10 years of being relevant at this point? Yeah, I have no bias. I don't care about the Pac-12. Uh, Big 12 ain't bigger than the Pac-12. It ain't. It, it, Pac-12's bigger. Look, it, look at, first of all, academically, again, don't yell at me of this. Pac-12's better. Stanford, Cal, UCLA. And, I mean, it's just a better academic conference and TV markets. And, look, the, the Pac-12 desperately needs to get teams or schools outside of the Pacific time zone. I mean, it, the Pac-12 after dark thing's cute and all, but you need teams that have a central time zone that people are awake to watch these games. Uh, so I always, again, I thought the Pac-12 was a better fit because look, the markets are just bigger. L.A., San Francisco, uh, you know. Yeah, but look Seattle. at those stadiums, you know, Pete. No one's at these games in the Pac-12. Yeah, but it's not about that though. It's it's about where who's who's going to give you the eyeballs, who's going to give you the stream. I mean, like you've got you know the Big 12's got Dallas. You know, I mean, it, it does have some markets in Houston to a certain extent, but look, Texas A&M's Houston, you know, so uh, losing Texas and OU kind of takes a lot of that away. So it's, it's look, the Big 12's great. It's going to be alive. It's kicking again. It's rocking for the, the you know, basketball side of things. So the Big 12 in terms of basketball is right there. Football is just a different animal altogether. So, you know, look, the, the, the Big 12 did it, though. They, they survived. They got through the storm. They expanded, again, with these schools with massive bases that I think are, again, they're, they're going to bring a new energy to this mix. I, I do think the Big 12 is going to be just that strong. But, again, the problem is, and like I just said, you know, basketball, you're fine. But football, mm-hmm. you just don't have that anchor tenant to the mall. Yeah, no, I, I I understand. It's definitely going to be an interesting thing to follow and see how that unfolds here in the uh, in the years to come. But for now, it's status quo. OU and Texas hanging around uh, at least for another season, so we'll be following yeah. that. Pete, what do you? I got a minute here. What do you think in terms of uh, uh, when they actually leave? Are they going to stay OU and Texas through twenty twenty five, or is this something we're going to have to watch this off season? I, I, I am crazy enough to think that they, I know they're a lot, that they have the deal on the table. I'm still not a, a 100,000% certain that they actually go through with it. I will believe that they are SEC programs when it actually happens. Uh, I do think really? they stay around for a little while longer. Uh, it's not, again, like this, these are cha- everything's changing daily here. 
when it comes to how this is all working. And I, it depends on who's in charge and in all phases. And at some point, I do think someone's going to rise up and say, really, football-wise, we want to beat our head against that wall. I mean, look at what happened last night in the national championship game. Do you have those guys? I mean, are you, those are – I'm literally not joking. You could make up a Pro Bowl defense five years from now from a talent that was on that field. You got those guys yet? If you don't, you're not competing for much. And I do think that something's going to kick in and say, you know what, unless the SEC does break off and become its own thing, there's going to be a part of that both sides are going to kind of get cold feet at some point, but they're going to go anyway. I do think, to answer your question, though, I think they stick around for a few more years. Interesting. All right, can't wait to talk more offseason football throughout the next several months. Pete Futak, College Football News. Pete, love having you on, man. Thanks for being here. Anytime. You have a good one. Love talking football with Pete Futak, College Football News. I'm Pete Mundo. Hey, uh, do me a solid if you can. Leave us a rating and a review on the show on iTunes, and we'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. Just send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo. That's M-U-N-D-O at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll get it all hooked up for you guys. I, I can't thank you enough for doing it. That's why it's it's my way of saying thanks when you leave that rating and review. We appreciate you guys. Have a great week. Hit that subscribe button. we got more content coming this week, of course. So uh, be sure to check it out. Hit subscribe, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Take care.